Shalom, everyone, and welcome to the Mishnah Brura podcast. I'm Rabbi Nachal Math with the Las Vegas Kolal. The Mishnah Brura, in my opinion, is the most important book in Jewish law. It's the most important work of halacha since the Shulchan Aruch itself was published in the early 1500s. There are several reasons for that. To understand why I believe the Mishnah Brura is so crucial, we have to take a look back at the Shulchan Aruch, what it was, why it was written, and what purpose it served. The Shulchan Aruch was written by Rabbi Yosef Cairo in the early 1500s, was published, and shortly thereafter, Rabbi Moshe Iserles wrote his addendum, the, his Hagos, his additions that offered the Ashkenazic uh, approach to the issues that Rabbi Yosef Cairo was dealing with, and together, published together, the Shulchan Aruch, including Rabbi Yisraelis's work, became the code of Jewish law. All of normative, practical Jewish halacha today, it goes through the Shulchan Aruch. That said, there are at least three limitations that I see, three reasons why the Shulchan Aruch itself is a very difficult book to study. Number one, the Shulchan Aruch, the code of Jewish law, was written as a code of law. If you actually ever just read the Shulchan Aruch straight, it's very difficult, it can be very hard to understand because he offers no background. The Shulchan Aruch does not explain where things are coming from, where he gets his ruling, why he rules the way he does. It's written as a code of law, just tells you what the bottom line is. And if you study it, you can have a hard time understanding what the background is. Number two, the Shulchan Aruch was written to be a short, one-volume, concise book of law. Rabbi Cairo and then Rabbi Isserlis afterwards, the intent, the goal was it should be a one-stop shopping. All you need is just to read the words of the Mechaber, just read the Shulchan Aruch, read that which Rabbi Cairo wrote, and you'll have a concise frame of reference for all of practical Jewish law in the modern world. The problem was, is that's not what ended up happening. The Shulchan Aruch turned into a launching point for all the super commentaries to write their opinions in a codified manner. So the Shach, the Taz, the Sma, all these classic super commentaries were layered upon layer on top of the Shulchan Aruch, oftentimes disagreeing, oftentimes arguing with the rulings of the Shulchan Aruch with that which Rabbi Isserlis argues. And it can become very entangled and confusing as to what the bottom line actually is. Although the Shulchan Aruch, if you actually just look at the text of the words of Rabbi Yosef Cairo, even if you include the Hagos, the addendums, the additions of Rabbi Isserlis, the Ramah, it's a very, very small work. The reason why, if you look at a standard issue, a standard volume of the Shulchan Aruch, it's many, many volumes, a dozen or so, is because all of the layers of commentaries that have been written on top of the Shulchan Aruch over the last 500 years or so. And the problem or the challenge is, although a person could use the Shulchan Aruch as a starting point for understanding practical Jewish law and practical halacha, the question becomes, what's the end point? What is the bottom line? What do we follow? What is the psak? What's the ruling? It could be very confusing because there are so many commentaries that have been layered on top of the Shulchan Aruch. Thirdly, the Mishnah, the, excuse me, the Shulchan Aruch itself is somewhat limited. It is written as a code of law. It is written as, you know, a good way of finding the law and many cases and situations. However, that said, there are lots of cases, situations, certainly new applications that aren't discussed in the Shulchan Aruch. Oftentimes, these are found in those commentaries that have been discussed on 
past the publication of the Shulchan Aruch, but there are many, many situations, many, many cases, many, many other scenarios that emerge in practical Jewish life that are not discussed in the Shulchan Aruch. They're simply absent. So those three factors together were, I think, part of the motivation for the Chavetz Chaim to ish, to write and publish the Mishnah Bura. And certainly, in my opinion at least, the Mishnah Bura, one of its, or three of its main benefits are it really clear, clarifies these three areas. Number one is the Mishnah Bura oftentimes gives us just the basic background. What's going on? Why is the Shulchan Aruch ruling the way he rules? How did he get it from, obviously, the Shulchan Aruch got all of his halacha from the Talmud, from the Gemara. And the Mishnah Bura will often help us understand what are the basic issues. And he doesn't go into too much detail, but he gives us just enough of a background so a person doesn't jump into a new set of law completely dry or completely cold, the Mishnah Brewer will give us just enough background and context for the words of the Shulchan Aruch and the scenarios of the Shulchan Aruch to make more sense and to be a little bit more user-friendly. Number two, and this is perhaps one of the greatest things that the Mishnah Brewer has done, is the Mishnah Brewer, the Chavetz Chaim, has gone through all of those super commentaries. He's called all the various opinions, and he issues what he feels is sort of the, the bottom line. What is the practical halacha? So whereas the Shulchan Aruch is sort of the starting point of Jewish law, and all the super commentaries over the last five centuries are all the academic and really practical discussions of halacha, the Mishnah Brura kind of gives kind of gives us and presents a bottom line. Here's what are the best practices of normative halacha. He goes through all of those opinions and gives us a concise bottom line. Here's the bottom line halacha. Sometimes he'll tell us, here's a dissenting opinion, but he will kind of break everything down into its simplest parts and give us the bottom line of halacha. And thirdly, the Mishnah Brewer will oftentimes fill in the blanks that are missing in the Shulchan Aruch. He will give us the contemporary examples, the situations, the scenarios, the other cases that emerge that aren't discussed in the Shulchan Aruch, but are very practical in real life. So he fills us in with a lot of practicality that's missing in the Shulchan Aruch. And those are three of the primary benefits of studying the Mishnah Bura and why it's so valuable. But I believe there's a fourth idea that's really important and I think often overlooked. There's a great story about the Chafetz Chaim. In his life, certainly early on in his life, when he was a younger younger man, he ran as a professionally. He wasn't actually. He never actually served as a pulpit rabbi. He was never a rabbi uh, of a shul or of a community. Somewhere, you know, in his, his midlife, he st- opened up a yeshiva, which, you know, he had a certain level of invo- of involvement. But earlier on in his life, certainly at, shortly after he got married, he actually ran a dry goods store, kind of like a modern day equivalent of like a grocery store, a very small shop. And the Chavetz Chaim was world famous for his piety, for his tzidkos, and for his particularness and how meticulous he was with not overcharging, with making sure that he was running his business completely honestly, with total integrity. And there are legendary stories of, there's a fame, one famous story of how there was a non-Jewish woman who, uh, who came to, uh, to buy some herring and from his store and accidentally, you know, left 
one of the herrings in his shop. And the Chavetz Chaim noticed it, and he couldn't remember who was the who was this woman that bought this herring from him and left it behind. And he found out he 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 recognized that she was from the town next door. And the next day he went all the way to the to the next town, but he couldn't remember which woman it was. So he gave out herrings to all the women to you know for free on the house, lest he violate the prohibition of lo signo of thou shalt not steal. Even though if you go through the halacha, he didn't have to do that. This was far above and beyond the requirement. But the Chafetz Chaim was very, very pious. He had tremendous tzitkos. He was a Adam Gadol. He was a great person. One of the things that people so often overlook, even in contemporary modern times, people want to hire a new rabbi in their community, in their congregation, in their shul. So what are the qualities that we look for in a rabbi? So we want... Rabbi who's a tamachacham, he needs to be wise. He needs to be able to inspire the masses. He needs to be learned. You know, he needs to be able to tell a good story, to engage the crowd, to be compassionate, to be loving. And these are all wonderful requirements and really good job descriptions for a successful rabbi. But probably the most important thing, and it's so often overlooked when we talk about rabbis and leadership and das Torah and, you know, what it means to be a Torah giant. And that characteristic is yiras shamayim. Do you fear God? When it comes to halacha, so often people reduce halacha and Jewish law into a dry element of academia. It's just like any other course of study. And in many communities and for many people, they will analyze a halachic issue, calculate it, dissect it, go through it, and they will come up with what they feel is the appropriate halachic ruling. And they're bright, brilliant people. And a person might think, well, I'm smart, I'm a genius, I'm brilliant, and I've come up with what I think is the correct halacha. That's great. But Klal Yisrael, we look for more in our scholars and our poskim. We're not just looking for how erudite and how wise and how smart you are. Because that's great, and that's certainly important, and it's definitely a necessary ingredient. But do you also have the yiras shamayim? Do you have that fear of heaven, that fear of God, when you issue whatever halachic ruling you issue? Is it coming through that filter of what it means to be a God-fearing Jew? I'm not just interested in how scholarly a person is for their halachic rulings. I'm also interested in their piety, in their tzidkos. How big of a yare shamayim, how God-fearing are you? And that, to me, is the real magic, little subtle to see, but the real magic behind the Mishnabura. Aside from the fact that the Chavetz Chaim in the Mishnabura gives us a lot of the background and it's a very easy book to read, it's very user-friendly. Aside from the fact that he called through all of the, the halachic literature from the times of the Gemara all the way to, to his day and gives us a concise bottom line halachic ruling. And aside from the fact that the Chavetz Chaim gives us practical halachic rulings for real life situations, those are all great benefits of the Mishnah Brura. But perhaps the most important thing when we study the Mishnah Brura is to recognize when the Chavetz Chaim and the Mishnah Brura gives us the halacha, and teaches us what we should do with our lives. This wasn't just a smart rabbi who lived long ago and is really, really wise. This is coming from the tzidkos, the piety of the Chavetz Chaim. So when we follow and we study the Mishnah Bura, we know that this isn't just some cold 
study of some field of law, some field of academia, but rather when we study the halacha and when we practice and implement the rulings of the mission of Brura, we are actually doing our part in servicing God. We are becoming closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we can actually tap into the tzitkos, to the piety of the Chavetz Chaim. And when we go and study the Mishnah Bura, we are ourselves getting one step closer closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We are becoming one step closer to God. And it's that tzitkos, that piety, that shines through the words of the Mishnah Bura. You have to read them carefully, but if you read this Mishnah Bura and understand just how brilliant a work it is and how great of a tzaddik, how pious of a person the Chavetz Chaim was, it makes the Mishnah Brura that much more beautiful of a sefer, that much be- more beautiful of a work. And Mir Tzashem, please God, if we study the Mishnah Brura every day, we study a little bit of halacha, a little bit of Jewish law, we will be guaranteed the blessing that the Talmud tells us that everyone that who studies halacha every, every single day, muftach lo shuhu ben olam haba, we are assured to our place in olam haba, we are assured of a place in the world to come.